Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Green Bay Packers. This is the Packers Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Packers Wire editor, Zach Cruz. All right, welcome into the show. A week to the day now before the NFL draft finally arrives. Lots of Packer prospect previews up on the Packers Wire these days, Zach, right? We're almost there, man. We're almost there. Well, yeah, we're, we're finally one week away. We can, you know, quit digging into these prospects and actually, uh, you know, look into actual players that have been drafted by these teams finally. Yeah, no, this is around the time where it's like, all right, what, what else can we report on? But you actually kind of had a really fun kind of new different idea, and it was around the idea of, Draft capital. Now, what the hell are we talking? What is Zach talking about with, with draft capital on Twitter and on Packers Wire? Well, <laughs> it's the fact that the Packers finished thirteen and three, so you're picking late in every single round. And oh, the Packers have ten picks, and seven are on day three. I actually, I, if I knew that, I glossed over it, Zach. So seven picks on day three—that's a really nice way to illustrate it. Only yeah. three picks in the top one hundred. So when you're talking about draft capital and how the Packers are kind of on the wrong side of that right now, I mean. What does that mean for the team? What does that mean for their approach, you think? Yeah, so you look at their the pick and their the, like the trade values of those picks and, you know, they're only 25th in the NFL in draft capital. So, yeah, I think if you look at it that way and maybe more towards, you know, trades or, you know, where they're going to have to get some of these players, I do think it could be, you know, limiting in how maybe aggressively they can trade up. I don't necessarily think it's going to affect what they want to do cuz you know, they, they do have 10 picks to play with. That gives them some ammo if they want to move up a couple spots or move around the board a little bit. But, you know, when you're looking at trades, you, you really do have to consider the, the actual value of the picks that you're trading away. So, you know, for instance, I think last week we talked about, you know, maybe moving up to number 21 with the Colts. That made a lot of sense. But you go to the, the draft value chart and, you know, maybe giving up your two fourth round picks isn't going to get it done because it's just not enough value for the Colts. So, you know, maybe they're going to want a third round pick and that's, you know, a pretty big price to pay to move up nine spots. So I do still think they're going to be aggressive. That's how they've been under this GM, but you know, maybe they're going to have to dial it back a little bit just because they don't have some of that draft capital this year. Just reminds you that it kind of sucks to be the number one seed and not win the Super Bowl. You know, this, this yeah, is what happens exactly. to you. And yeah. so, yeah, and, and as you said, history tells us that the Packers will be aggressive, especially if there's a guy that they want, especially when you have 10 picks in the draft. And, you know, it's, it's kind of fun to look back at some previous draft classes and see, you know, where the hits and misses were. And I look at that 2019 draft. I kind of picked that one out because the Packers also had 10 selections in that one. Now, they were picking number 12 overall, Zach, so yeah. that's a little bit better than 29. Uh, yep. But they're picking 12 overall, a little, uh, little bit more capital in that one. And they did move up, and they did leverage that position quite a bit. So 2019, I wanted to go through this class a little bit because when you go through it, man, this is a really fun class, and they really nailed it. Yep. And they start at number 12 overall with the edge rusher, Rashawn Gary, and I think he's a guy that's developing just fine, right? I think we saw enough flashes with him, especially last year, where we're feeling really comfortable about that pick, right? How are you feeling right now about Gary after last season? Yeah, it was kind of a, a head-scratching pick when they made it back in 2019 because I think, you know, they had just signed the, the Smith brothers and then they take a, an edge rusher with the 12th overall pick, which had been their highest pick, you know, in many, many years. So that was kind of a head-scratcher, but, you know, he's really come on. He's super athletic. You know, I think he's starting to to get and understand how to rush the passer. He was really, really good to end last year. So, 
you know, they, they did bring back Preston Smith on a, on a restructured deal, but you know, that next year is probably gonna be his last year. And I do think they're going to give, you know, Rashawn Gary, a bunch of snaps. So yeah, he's, he's going to have a real chance to be an impact player this year. And, well into the future. Yeah, like maybe not a super stud yet like you'd want with a number 12 mm-hmm. overall pick, but we can see it coming maybe. We're not, we're not ready to give up yeah. on it yet. I think that's where I'm at with no. Sean Gary. And then I kind of forgot about this. So then they trade back into the first round. So they go to number 21, trade a bunch of picks to the Seahawks and draft a safety in Darnell Savage. Now, Packers must have loved this player, Zach, because they went up and got him. He's kind of a rising stud for you, right? He's going to be your, your no. starting free safety in 2021. And... I really think they nailed this player probably more than they did with Rashawn Gary, right? They really nailed yeah. Darnell Savage. Yeah, he was, you know, a day one rookie starter. That was never a question. He was pretty good as a rookie and pretty sure he made the all rookie team um, in 2019. And he, you know, everyone thought he was going to take a, a pretty big second year jump. And it, it took a little while. He, he needed a couple weeks um, last year. But, you know, you look at the last whew, nine, 10 games of last year, and he was one of the best safeties in football. And, making a bunch of plays on the, on, you know, passes, interceptions, pass breakups. He was kind of flying all over the place. I think maybe the light bulb really came on for him. And, you know, you, you look at the new Packers defense with Joe Barry and they, you know, they're going to use this, they call it the star position, but it's essentially the slot um, cornerback. And I think, you know, they're going to be giving him some of those snaps down there. He played, you know, he played really well in the slot um, over the last couple of years. He was really good there in Maryland. So I do think his role is actually going to expand here in year 32. Yeah, and even after giving up those two picks, you still have the 44th overall selection in round two, and you go and get Elton Jenkins. You know, he's your starter on the left side of the line, and he might also be your solution at center, and he's yep. he's another player that I really love. Like, he's yep. he's a stud. He's versatile, and... I don't know. He's just a guy that we never really talk about him, right? Elton Jacob, like we yep. never really have to talk about him, and that's a good thing when you're an offensive lineman. Uh, I just think, you know, right there, just right after Savage, those two picks, Savage and then Jenkins, yep. those are two home runs, man. They really nailed those two picks. But what do you think of Jenkins? Yeah, he, he's probably their best pick out of those top three. I, I mean, agree, yeah. A, a immediate starter, a left guard, really, really good as a rookie, pro bowler last year. I mean, they could play him just about anywhere next year. I mean, He's, we already know he's really good at guard. He can play center. He played there a bunch in college. And obviously they have an opening there with Corey Lindsley gone. You know, he even played right tackle to start a little bit last year. And he was actually really, really good there. So, you know, that's going to be part of their decision-making here this offseason, maybe into this draft even, is where do they want to play him? Do they want to play him at guard? Do they want to play him in center? Is he the future at right tackle? I think those are, you know, good problems to have because, you know, he's just so versatile and he's so good at so many positions. They've already crushed this draft, Zach, and they've only picked three guys so far and they had 10 picks (laughs) coming in. Uh, So in the third round, they got Jay Sternberger. And uh, I like this player mostly because I like this is like the time where you you should draft a tight end, right? Do it in round three, round four. This is like the range I like to see you you take a stab at tight end. Now, I think he, he wasn't able to beat out Big Bob. But who can, you know, I mean, what are we talking here? I mean, Robert Tunyon's a freaking stud <laughs> and he just came on and, and we love that player. But I still feel like Sternberger, his best is yet to come. He's kind of a sleeper almost in my eyes. Like, yep. I'm not ready to give up on him yet either. I think the Packers might have a plan for him that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, I, I think he definitely has some real potential yet. I mean, you look at his college career, he didn't play all that much. You know, he was a one-year starter at Texas A&M after, after transferring. So he's still kind of young at that position. And then... You know, his first two years, he's had some really bad injury luck. He had a, 
you know, bad concussion um, to start his rookie year. That really set him back. He had an ankle injury. He was dealing with some with some stuff last year, and then you know, obviously Tanya and, and that whole tight end group kind of emerged. So you know, he he's a little bit behind you know some of those other guys at that position, but yeah, he can he can still run. He can still catch. I think. You know, they're, they're going to have a package here, you know, for him in 2021, I think, because, you know, you, you look at tight ends, they, they usually take a little while before they're, you know, contributing players at the NFL level. That's a pretty big jump from college. So, yeah, he's in year three right now. I think, you know, this is the year maybe for a breakout for him. Yeah, I like that. And then just rounding out the rest, this is the 2019 draft that we're rounding out. Uh, in the fifth round, the Packers picked up Kingsley Kiki, a defensive tackle who started nine games last year. Played pretty yep. well. There's something there with him. Nice value in round five. They pick up in the in, in the later rounds, uh, Kadar Holman, a uh, cornerback. They picked up Dexter Williams, the running back. He's still on the roster. Uh, and they picked up a linebacker in Ty Summers, who you know, I was trying to look up a little bit on him. It seems like he's kind of a, a little special teams player that might get to run yep. an inside linebacker, right? I mean, he's, he's going to be in the mix. So yep. you come into the draft with 10 picks, Zach. You trade up twice. You leave with eight players. All of them are still on your roster. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just think they crushed this this draft. Uh, that's just my conclusion. But what, what, when you look back at that 2019 draft class, the last time they had 10 picks going in, well, they crushed that one. So maybe it gives us some hope for this year. Yeah, obviously they had they had much more draft capital in that yes. in that class going yeah. into it. And that you know that's why it's a good four. topic right there, right? That, so, that's yeah, it, it absolutely is. They have four picks in the top 75, so that you know that really helps you get some good players, but. You know, you look at those top three, they hit, you know, they might have hit home runs on all three of those guys. Like you said, Kingsley Kiki is definitely a guy to watch for next year. You know, he he had some really disruptive moments. You know, he's maybe not going to be an every down guy for him, but, you know, he can rush the passer from the inside. That's that's a pretty valuable trade, you know, especially for a guy they got in the, late in the fifth round. So, yeah, you, you look at the rest of it. Holman's going to be a special teams guy probably for him this year. Dexter Williams is going to have a chance to be the number three back, Ty Summers, core special teamer, you know, the last two years. So, yeah, this is a this is a deep class. And, you know, it, it, like I said, it's, it's going to be hard for them to repeat that in this year. But, you know, just kind of following the blueprint where, you know, they get two immediate starters and, you know, offensive line, the secondary, you know, they get, you know, probably four or five guys that are going to be long-term contributors at least. So it's going to be tough, but, you know, Repeating that this year would be a home run, especially with all the pieces they already have on this roster. Um, it, it, it really is a great class. I, for the Packers' sake, let's hope they can repeat it. Absolutely, yeah. And, and I think it kind of saves them because a draft last year, that class is just kind of lacking in comparison a little bit. When you talk about 2019, yeah. I mean, you move up in the first round for Jordan Love, but he redshirted. You drafted A.J. Dillon in the second round. And I like that player a lot, and he came on at the end of the year, but he was really just kind of a rotational guy behind Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. You took another stab at tight end in that draft, right? So, I mean, there's not a ton of, like, I mean, you got Runyon, but I like him too, but I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it just kind of fails in comparison to 2019. Because of 2019, you could kind of miss a little bit and do the whole Jordan Love thing in 2020. But 
we can't goof around too much in 2021, if you know what I'm trying to get at, right? Like we got yeah, to start hitting again. For sure. And I think, you know, the, the 2019 class, they really were able to zero in on some, you know, they're always looking towards the future when in the draft and building out the roster, but they were really able to focus in on some, you know, obvious short-term needs. And they, you know, hit home runs with some of those guys that were, you know, immediate players. And then, you know, last year, you know, the roster's in a little bit better shape long-term, you know, there's not as many, immediate short-term needs that, you know, we're just clearing. So, you know, they were able to, to, to really build out some, some positions long-term quarterback, you know, running back tight end, like you said. So, yeah, I think maybe this is a year where, you know, they can focus in more on, you know, some of the needs that they have right now, because this is a team that, you know, it's going to be a Super Bowl contender. We don't know what it's going to look like, you know, even starting next year. So, you know, maybe this is a draft where you really just go for it for this year. More thoughts on the 2021 draft coming up next. So as I said earlier, Zach, lots of uh, pack prospect previews all over the uh, Packers wire this week. Who's on your radar right now? I know you you tweeted about a couple edge guys, Joseph yep. Osai and uh, Joe Tryon. I don't know if I pronounced those right. My apologies if I didn't. Um, but, you know, some edge guys late in the first round. That would make some sense. Uh, who's on your radar as we're getting close and you've gone through all the previews and you're, you're breaking down all these players. Who are you starting to like the most and who, who's on your wish list? First, I would not be surprised at all if they take an edge rusher, you know, the first two days of this draft. I think that's obviously a premium position. Preston Smith probably isn't going to be on the roster in 2022. And, you know, they love having three edge rushers. So I won't be surprised if that's a priority early. Um, on my radar, I still say cornerback and offensive tackles have to be the, the biggest targets for him. I just think... You know, you look at you look at this this draft class. I think there's going to be an athletic and talented player that fits what they want at one of those positions. You know, late in the first round, even if they have to, you know, maybe move up a couple picks to get a guy like you know Tevin Jenkins, Greg Newsom, Caleb Farley, Asante Samuel Jr. You know, someone like that, offensive tackle or corner. I just think it's just such a good class and they have the need and, you know, I, I think they can really get better right away if they hit on one of those positions. So that's where I'm focusing my attention early in this draft, I think for the Packers. Yeah. Like we've talked about, you know, in the past, them being aggressive, them not being afraid to package some picks and move up. Uh, yep. You kind of laid out some, you called it ideal scenarios for the pack or ideal scenarios that are also realistic, you know, on Packers yeah. wire. Uh, which one sticks out the most to you? Like if you're sitting there at 29 and the board falls a certain way, what what do you think is the most ideal scenario for the Packers on day one? Yeah, I still think it's one of those top guys at cornerback or offensive tackle falling into their range. I think, like I said, you look at this roster, the way it's constructed for next year, and I think they'll get they'll get better the fastest if they can find you know an upgrade over Kevin King or Jane Sullivan at cornerback. Yeah. I think those are two two positions where they can really get a lot better and, you know, patch that defense and maybe take that defense to the next level if they really get on that pick. And then, you know, or if they get a guy that they can trust their right tackle, that, that really is going to be a spot that's, you know, up in the air. David Bakhtiari has, is still recovering from the ACL. They're probably going to have to play Billy Turner at left tackle to start um, 2021. You know, who knows who plays right tackle. So if they can get a guy they can really trust at that spot, um, I think that's really going to help him. You just you look back at the NFC title game, and you know they lost Bakhtiari, Billy Turner, and Rick Wagner couldn't hold up, and you know Rodgers get sacked four or five times, and they they lose a chance to go to the Super Bowl. So I think cornerback, obviously they got they got beat up in that title game too. I think 
that's a spot they need to get. They need to upgrade and yep. offensive <laughs> tackle. So if you look, if you're just looking at the ways to get this team better right away, I think it's got to be those two positions. Here we are trying to talk about the 2019 draft. Bring back happy thoughts, and you're bringing back some negative. Yeah, ones, some nightmares. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing that really interests me about this draft—it's not a problem that Packers fans are going to have—but all these teams in the top ten, even a little bit beyond, into like the Giants at number eleven. Everybody's talking about trading back this year, Zach, and all the yeah. GMs are kind of putting it out there now. Teams are either they're either being truthful or they're throwing out smoke screens, and it feels like more of the latter these days. And everyone's just kind of yeah. lying to us. Uh, but it's like the Dolphins or the Panthers, or the Broncos, or the Cowboys, or the Giants. You know, they're all talking about taking the calls. And I don't know. It's just like, I'm just trying to wonder, like, how crazy is this first round really going to be? Is it, is it really going to be full of trades? I'm starting to think, like, it could be kind of wild. And I don't know how much that will involve the Packers. But especially in the first 10, uh, 10 12 picks, like, yeah. it could be really fun, especially if a couple quarterbacks slide down, like, I don't know. Are you kind of gearing up for something like that? Like, I, I could get a little crazy. Yeah. First of all, I think the top 10 is definitely where all that movement's going to happen because what you got five quarterbacks that could go in those top, top 10 picks. So, yeah. and only a couple of them are probably sure things at, at this point. So yeah, that could definitely be uh, an active spot on that first round. But I also feel like, you know, these rumors happen every year we get close to the draft and, you know, suddenly you know 30 teams want to trade down but then seriously you know the draft gets here and only a few teams actually want to trade up so we don't see that many trades i just i just think there's there's probably going to be a, a surplus of teams that want to trade down and not enough that want to trade up and i you know you look at and this you know because of covid this just isn't a very deep draft there's just not a lot of you know usually there's there's a ton of players it's a much more condensed draft class overall so it could be one of these things where there's you know all these teams want to trade down and just get as many swings as, as possible with this class because you know who many who knows how many you know good undrafted guys there's going to be so i don't know i, I like i said i think though there's definitely gonna be some movements for quarterbacks early because you know that's a hot spot and there's still plenty of teams that need quarterbacks but i'm not sure i'd expect a ton of trades after those first 10 picks I think you made a great point in there. Like, how, how many player previews have you read where it's like player opted out in 2020, player yeah. opted out in 2020? So many guys are in this draft class that opted, they didn't play. They haven't played in a year. Yeah. It is a crazy, crazy draft in that regard, right? There's so. And yeah, I, I do wonder if there's going to be maybe some trades where, you know, big, big blockbuster trades where there's a team maybe trading way back, but they're getting a first or second round pick, you know, next year, the year after that, and, you know, kind of building draft capital and in future years where it's not going to be as crazy and, you know, uncertain as this draft class is going to be. Cause yeah, like you said, a lot of, a lot of guys haven't played in a very long time. There's no combine, you know, we had these limited pro days. So this is going to be a weird draft, you know, Teams are really going to have to do their homework, and I I would not be surprised at all if there were some teams that you know wanted to build some draft capital in future years. Let's leave it here. Uh, you're going to be proud of me, Zach. I have not brought up Aaron Rodgers once uh, during an entire <laughs> show. I think we're twenty something minutes in, and I have not I've, I've not brought up Aaron Rodgers. I've not brought up uh, his contract. I haven't brought up That's Jeopardy. Amazing. Nothing. So, but I want to leave you with the final word here. And okay, obviously Rodgers lived out a childhood dream. And uh, that's kind of cool, you know, at the end of the day, you know, whether we want to, you know, joke about it or not. um, And I'd like to joke about it. But at the end of the day, it it is pretty awesome. Everybody knows what Jeopardy is. You know, that's that's something where you say that word. Everybody knows exactly what you're talking about. Um, It's a big deal. 
And the fact that Rogers spun that experience, that lifelong thing that he wanted to live out, he got to live it out, and he spun it into like helping charities out and helping people. Yeah, that's kind of a cool thing. I saw you tweeted about this. Like, take the final word on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that that whole thing is really cool for him. Uh, you know, get a get a chance to guest host your your childhood favorite show, and then along the way, you raise. I think it was almost two hundred fifty thousand for. You know, he he created a fund with. Uh, with a charity in Northern California that's, you know, helping small businesses survive this, this pandemic. So yeah, it's very awesome. Jeopardy was, was matching winnings for the contestants and donating all that money to the charities for these guest hosts. So I'm sure that made the experience, you know, all that more special for Rogers. That's that Cruz. I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us. We will talk to you next time. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.